T.J. Watt proves his whopping Steelers worth, or did he? Welcome to the Steelers Update Podcast from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. What can you say about the high wattage performance delivered by Steelers linebacker T.J. Watt to seal the deal against the Seattle Seahawks in overtime? Well, many Watt backers in Pittsburgh are saying that that single game strip sack that delivered the ball to the Steelers in overtime for the Chris Boswell field goal in the 23-20 win justifies the team in showering their star linebacker with a $110 million contract extension, including $80 million in guaranteed money. That blockbuster deal broke the bank for the Steelers and it broke precedent in terms of the huge portion of the deal that was guaranteed. Moreover, many speculated it would grease the skids for similar mega deals for safety Minka Fitzpatrick and even middle linebacker Devin Bush. Hey, but we have four long years to show whether the Watt deal was really worth it. To justify quarterback money for a linebacker, Watt will need to keep making game-changing plays again and again, game after game. And he'll need to avoid the injury bug that certainly bit his big brother, J.J. Watt. You'll remember that the one-time defensive MVP, his play suffered a dramatic fall-off as soon as he started missing games and even big portions of entire seasons due to that spate of injuries that came in bunches in his later 20s. In other words, we and Watt will have to wait and see to determine whether this mega deal was money well spent or ultimately squandered by the once fiscally conservative Steelers. As far as Fitzpatrick and Bush being showered with similar big money and big guarantees going forward, well, their play is nowhere near the level that would justify those kinds of contracts. Fitzpatrick, after making a huge Steelers splash following his trade from Miami, has reduced his splash plays to a trickle. As for Bush, he's never lived up to the billing as a top 10 draft prospect for these Steelers. In fact, he's now being pulled from games in favor of journeyman linebacker Robert Spillane. Now, what gives with that? Well, it turns out defensive coordinator Kevin Butler has some choice words about both Spillane and Bush. And there are some things the undrafted backer does better than the top 10 pedigree guy. And that is a problem. And if that is the case, Bush will be beating the Bushes for a long time before he lands a contract even close to Watts. All this is fodder for plenty of Pittsburgh debate as your Steelers enter the bye at 500. Neither winner nor losers are these Steelers at this point in the season. But what does the future hold for your favorite football team? We have all this and more in the bye week edition of your Steelers Update Podcast.
Hey, and be sure to check out my Steelers column first thing Thursday on Live. As always, it will be packed with plenty of memes bringing this week's spirited Steelers debate to life. Now, right now, let's get right to it. Hey, how is this for high praise? And I quote, Simply put, Watt played like one of the best defensive players on the planet and was the best player on either side of the ball in this game, unquote. That's the declaration by Trib Live in summing up the Steelers linebackers' game-winning play at home versus those stubborn Seahawks Sunday night. And what a play and a high-wattage night it was under the lights. Here's Mark Caboli writing for The Athletic in praise of Watt, who single-handedly sealed the deal in overtime versus Seattle. Quote, There's nothing you can say about T.J. Watt that hasn't been said. He struggled early to find a rhythm when rushing the passer and was ran at early in the second half. But he knew something positive was going to happen if he stayed the course. The three passes he defended and his three tackles for a loss were impressive enough, but the overtime sack was special because it was not his responsibility to rush the passer. He was playing the run. When quarterback Geno Smith showed it was a play-action pass, Wad had to battle three blockers, and his face mask was grabbed and still had the whereabouts to knock the ball out of Smith's hands. That's an instinctual play. That's a play that can be made only by someone with a high motor. It was a play he probably shouldn't have made. Unquote. High praise from Kaboli. But as for that whopping Watt contract the Steelers awarded their star linebacker at the start of the season, at least one major skeptic is proclaiming it money well spent, every last red cent, in fact. So says the usually caustic curmudgeon Mark Madden. Here's his change of tune take on TJ's deal in Trib Live. Madden writes this, quote, T.J. Watt got $80 million guaranteed when he signed his contract extension. He is the NFL's highest paid defensive player. So for this season, despite injury, Watt has earned his key. The Steelers have won three games. Watt won two of them. Week one versus Buffalo and this past Sunday against Seattle. The Steelers' record might be better than 3-3 three and three had Watt not been hampered by a groin injury that caused him to miss the Week 3 home loss to Cincinnati and play at less than 100% since sustaining the issue. Maybe Watt is back to full strength. If he was playing hurt during his tour de force against Seattle, it's scary to think what he could do any better. Watt had two sacks, two quarterback hits, three tackles for loss, three passes defended, and seven tackles total. Watt won the game in overtime, getting a 13-yard sack on third down to stymie Seattle's first possession in OT. On Seattle Seahawks' next drive, Watt knocked the ball from the grip of quarterback Geno Smith. Devin Bush recovered. Chris Boswell kicked the game-winning field goal. Watt has been worth every cent. 
he gets extra credit for playing through injury, unquote. Hey, it doesn't get any higher of praise, especially for Mark Madden, who's usually a real curmudgeon critic when it comes to the Steelers. And he was certainly critical of Watt's deal, saying quarterback to a linebacker, quarterback money to a linebacker sets a high bar for that linebacker. And according to Madden, Watt is meeting that high bar. But what Watt is doing, his his high wattage play is also shining a light, a very revealing light on the ordinary play of some other Steelers defenders who were supposed to shine just as bright. But there has been a power outage in the play of both safety Minka Fitzpatrick and former top 10 draft pick middle linebacker Devin Bush. Here is Madden again, back to his critical self. He writes this about those other two supposedly star Steelers defenders. Quote, Fitzpatrick had a massive impact in 2019 after joining the Steelers via trade. In 14 games, he intercepted five passes, forced two fumbles, recovered three, and scored two touchdowns. But the Steelers still didn't make the playoffs, by the way. Since then, Fitzpatrick's tangible impact has faded. He gets praised for the ripple effect his quality creates, but he mostly plays center field. In 22 games since 2019, Fitzpatrick has four interceptions, but none in the past 12 games. He has two forced fumbles since 19, one fumble recovery, and zero touchdowns. This season, Fitzpatrick's trademark has been missed tackles. He missed three Sunday. That's also a Steelers trademark. Seattle back Alex Collins gained 70 of his 101 yards after contact. Fitzpatrick has been a first-team All-Pro in each of the last two seasons, but he's been just decent this year. NFL's highest-paid safety is in Seattle in the form of Jamal Adams. He signed a four-year contract for $70 million, including $38 million guaranteed just before the season. The Steelers should not pay that to Fitzpatrick. He's not playing well enough to merit that, and the money could be better spent elsewhere. Safety just isn't that important. As for Bush, he's no better than average and does not one thing better than average. He had knee surgery in 2020 that ended his season after five games. Perhaps he's not fully recovered. Unquote. That is Mark Madden laying the hammer down on the play of Fitzpatrick and Bush. And the only caveat he puts in this whole thing is Bush could still be recovering from that knee injury from last season. Other than that, they're not showing their value and the Steelers should not reward them anywhere near the level that they have T.J. Watt. So what we have here now is, you know, a defensive dilemma. So let's go to Chris Adamski writing for Trib Live as he goes deeper on the uneven play of these once stellar Steelers defenders, along with the reemergence of an unsung hero who keeps getting into games somehow. I'm talking about backup backer Robert Spillane. Adamski writes this, quote, Two and a half years after trading up to draft Devin Bush at number 10 overall and two months after trading for Joe Schobert and his pricey contract, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been electing to take both of their starting inside linebackers off of the field in obvious passing situations in recent weeks. 
Coach Mike Tomlin and defensive coordinator Keith Butler explained why the formerly undrafted Robert Spillane has been deployed in dime sub-packages in lieu of the high-pedigree Bush and Schobert. Quote, Spillane has done a good job for us in third-down situations, Butler said after Tuesday's practice. Quote, a lot of times when we want to run some stunts up front with him, he does a good job of that. He's got a good feel for the timing of when we want him to blitz and faking blitzing sometimes. He's been around here as long as any of those guys, so he knows a little bit more about it. And some things he's a little bit better than they are. And there's some things they're a little bit better than he is. So we try to fit him in here and there, unquote. Hey, the difference, guys, is we're talking about an undrafted guy that the Steelers are paying, you know, not that much money. And then we're talking about two big money players and one who the Steelers traded up to get in the form of Devin Bush, top 10 in the draft. Now, let's go back to Adamski, who continues to drill down on what's going on at that inside linebacker position. He proceeds, quote, pro football focus grades Spillane as the worst of the Steelers three inside linebackers in pass coverage this season. PFF does, however, grade Spillane as a better tackler than Bush or Schobert. Dating to 2020, though, Spillane had a far better coverage grade than Bush or Schobert. Spillane went undrafted out of Western Michigan in 2018 and played two games on special teams for the Tennessee Titans also in 2018. The Steelers signed him to reserve future contract that next winter, and he made their practice squad in the 2019 season. Spillane played eight games on special teams that season and was the number three inside linebacker when the 2020 camp broke. He became a starter when Bush suffered a torn ACL in week six of the 2020 season. According to PFF, opponents targeting Bush in coverage have completed 16 of 19 passes for 123 yards, a touchdown, and a 111.2 passer rating. They're 12 for 19 for 144 yards with a 103.8 rating against Schobert. Against Spillane the past two seasons, opposing quarterbacks are 22 for 35 for 180 yards and an interception off of Baltimore's Lamar Jackson that was returned for a touchdown. That equates to a 63.9 passer rating. So great stuff from PFF and from Adamski breaking down why the Steelers might favor the unheralded, undrafted Spillane in pass coverage. Now, for Mike Tomlin on this intriguing situation, quote, I mean, he's a capable guy, Tomlin said of Spillane. He played a lot in the past. We're just trying to carve out a role for him to allow him to find some footing. And if called upon, he'll have some in-game experience. We know he's capable, unquote. So there you have it, folks. Spillane is capable and he's playing above Bush and Schobert especially in passing situations on third down. But what are these 2021 Steelers capable of, given the evidence from the first six games? Here's a tale of two takes on the Steelers' bottom line at the bye. Dean of the beat reporters, Ed Bouchette, has seen championship teams in the making as well as plenty of Pittsburgh pretenders. He takes a glass-half-empty approach to this edition of the Steelers. Here's his take at the break for The Athletic. Quote, The Steelers won an important game Sunday, but it's hard not to think they are in trouble. 
It has nothing to do with their 3-3 and record, which is about where many thought they'd be after six games before the season started. Despite the 23-20 overtime win versus Seattle, they could not run, they could not stop the run, and Ben Roethlisberger reverted to all those short passes again, especially in the second half. He averaged just 5.7 yards on 40 attempts or a tad more than what the Seahawks averaged on the ground. And for the second straight week, the Steelers nearly blew a comfortable first half lead. They didn't blow the win, but those second half meltdowns at home have to be costing someone some sleep. They led Denver 24-6 in the fourth quarter a week earlier and won 27-19 only after they turned back the Broncos once they reached the Steelers' three-yard line at the end. Sunday against the Seahawks, their 14-0 halftime lead evaporated and they won in overtime because T.J. Watt is superhuman. On paper, things look good after that 1-3 start. The Steelers have won two straight to pull even with the Browns, whom they play in Cleveland after their bye this weekend. After facing those Browns, they have two winnable games at home against the Bears and the Lions. They could be 6-3 and three by the middle of November, or at least 5-4. and four. It's the NFL, and anything can happen. But the Steelers need to get better running the ball and in stopping the run and giving Roethlisberger more time to throw. They did not do those things Sunday, yet they escaped with a win. If they continue not to do them, not many wins will follow. Unquote, kind of a downer of a take from Ed Bouchette, but sounds pretty realistic to me. Now, should you want to feel better about your football team as it regroups during the bye, perhaps you will prefer the slightly more optimistic Steelers assessment offered by Matt Williams at Trib Live. Here is his take. Quote, quarterback aside, the Steelers are a young football team, especially on offense. We have witnessed the growing pains in 2021, but we have also seen improvement. The upcoming bye week could do the Steelers a lot of good. The young players now have half a dozen games this year under their belt and understand what is demanded of them at the NFL level, while Roethlisberger and Hayward's older body surely could use all the rest and treatment they can get before Halloween. The Steelers got a huge win, and with 11 games remaining, it's possible that they can revive their season. They still have a lot of work to do, but Pittsburgh is now back in the mix. Unquote. Okay, we're in the mix. Okay, the Steelers 2021 report card remains incomplete. We shall see which direction this intriguing Steelers team goes when they return to action against the rival and reeling Browns, just in time for the scary season of Halloween. The prospect of Pittsburgh coming to Cleveland sure has to frighten the people of Cleveland, the mistake by the lake. You'll remember at the start of the season, a lot of people in Cleveland were booking travel plans for the Super Bowl. Not so much anymore. And of course, we're going to dig into all of this, this Halloween treat of a game next week on the podcast. So get the Steelers Update podcast wherever you download your favorite audio and sign up so you get it automatically every Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.